0: You sick of us yet? You sick of watching and listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast? It's going to be our third podcast in less than 24 hours. But you know what? That's what happens when the trade deadline hits. We're dedicated to the cause. Kevin Durant news breaks. Boom. Suns Jam Session's there. Trade deadline breaks. Boom. Suns Jam Session's there. And then Matthew,
1: then there's a game.
0: (laughs) Suns Jam Session's there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's nonstop. We're getting sick of each other a little bit. Not really. Oh, this, this is a good time to be I'm kind of depressed right now a little bit. It's kind of been a rough night watching Mikhail and Cam over there. So it's weird mixed feelings right now, man. I, yeah.
0: I am rocking my Mikhail Bridges Valley shirt that I have. Don't bring it out very often, but I'm I'm with you. You know, the emotions that we have been experiencing for the past 21 hours. It's a roller coaster, a roller coaster of highs, a roller coaster of lows. And then you see some of the comments that are made by the team. And you see Mikhail Bridges being interviewed during a game against the Chicago Bulls in Brooklyn. And it, it hits home. We are fans of this team, and we are fans of players of this team. This is kind of one of the reasons why Kyrie Irving to the Suns would have been something that might not have worked because of the way that we care about the players on this team. And truth be told, he's kind of a hard guy to care about. But Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson and Jay Crowder, too, for what it's worth. The, they were outstanding members of this team. They gave us a reason to cheer. They gave us a reason to believe. And now they are no longer part of this organization. And there's going to be some great days that lie ahead. It does suck that it's going to take a little bit of time before we actually see Kevin Durant suit up and play for the Phoenix Suns, seeing as he has an MCL injury. But bright days are ahead. But I think as we sit and we talk about this loss to the Atlanta Hawks, the first loss on this road trip in four games, it's okay to sit and have a little conversation about some of the things that we feel about Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder as they depart.
1: Yeah, it's super sad. I think that... um they're they're definitely like family to Monty and all of them. Um, but for us it's it's hard. It's like seeing your kids go off to school or something, but you'll never see them again. You will, but it'll just never be the same. And um I, it's just strange because it's never been this way with this franchise. When guys leave, Kelly is kind of close, Ricky Rubio, but that wasn't like this. This is like homegrown. They've been here since draft night. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you don't want them to ever leave. You want to win a championship with those guys because of how much work they put in over the last two seasons and how great those seasons were. Winning a championship with those two dudes on your team would have meant way more than anything in the future. Of course, the championship is a championship. Yes. But just winning it with those guys would have been so special. And I couldn't help but think when I wasn't barely paying attention to the stupid fucking game, like <laughs> if we do win a championship, can they just be invited to the parade? Would they show up to the parade to celebrate with us? I mean, that'd be weird, but I feel like it, it would make sense. I don't know why. It's like it, your ex, your ex-wife coming to your wedding or something. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 100 percent, you know, and I, I understand that. And it's a valid question. I don't know if they would show up. I I would hope that the Phoenix Suns and Matt Ishbia would offer them an invite and personally himself fly him out here. But you're yeah. right. It's it's an interesting feeling because this isn't Ricky Rubio leaving or Kelly Oubre who were two players that were fan favorites and contributed to a winning team, not, not ultimately winning. I think they ended with a, a losing record that season post the bubble, the eight Oh run in the bubble. But like you said, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, these are two players and people who the Suns kind of got criticized, especially Cam Johnson kind of got criticized for drafting. And we instantly latched on to these guys, and we've had them since their rookie season. And it really hits you tonight when you finally sit down and you watch a basketball game, and it's the first time in four years that that Mikael Bridges isn't out there playing for your team, and it's going to be the first missed game in his career because he got traded. Does that actually count, though? I don't know. I don't I think that don't counts
1: know. because he's not actually act available. I think if he's available, it counts. So that's how it suck, sure. man. Double I'm not I mean. sure.
0: I'm not sure how it goes, but I will say. The last time that something like this happened, I mean, I guess the closest thing you could have was like when T.J. Warren left. Now, that being said, T.J. Warren left in the offseason, and he left injured and depleted. Bledsoe left a little bit during the season, but that was a burned relationship. When is honestly the last time a member of the Phoenix Suns was traded away from the team and you had a remorse like we're feeling now?
1: Even Sean Marion, maybe that's one, but yeah. I I wasn't the biggest Sean I was, Marion fan. Oh, I, could I lo- care I was less upset about that, with that dude. One.
0: That's a good call. No, yeah, that I just really, I didn't that.
1: have any kind of connection like a lot of fans did. Steve Nash, but he it was kind of running it. To, it was running to its end. It wasn't anything that was like going to last another couple of years. And you might have had a championship. It was a little different. Him. It was like he wants to go somewhere and win. We're not going to win one here in Phoenix. So mm-hmm. this is just different.
0: It's different. It hits different. And this podcast is going to hit a little different because we might come out a little flat, just like the Phoenix Suns did. But you know what? We'll do our best to fight through it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Stretch to another edition. <laughs> yeah, A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you're consuming this this podcast. Hit the thumbs up button. We truly appreciate them. Pop them if you got them. I'm still popping them, Matthew. I still got them, so I'll still keep drunk all day. So. Day drinking is the way to be. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Phoenix Suns and, you know, a little game they had against the Atlanta Hawks, who are they now 0-2 against on the season. Seven loss for the Phoenix Suns, much akin to some of the games that we've lost in the past. The Suns were outscored 36 to 22 in that first quarter, never fully recovered. And it brings me to my first question. Matthew, i got to ask. Matthew, I've got to ask because it's my job. Uh, Did you see Monty Williams press conference prior to the game?
1: Yeah, I think that's what started it. As soon as I saw their reactions, it started with his. I was like, oh, I was taken back. You know, I I imagine him actually saying his goodbyes to McHale and Cameron Johnson, how hard that must be. Um, You know, I think these relationships that all these coaches have with their players, it's something really special. And EJ hit on it a few podcasts ago on the Ryan Russillo podcast when he was actually on. He talked about, you know, the depression in the NBA where, you know, these guys go from place to place and um, it's he said it's about maybe like 40% something crazy like that of these players are depressed and yeah. you can see how hard it is you know everybody loves stability and everyone's like oh in the NBA you never know like you you can move from one team to the next within what one season or so so you just got to be ready but I don't think you can be prepared for anything like this um, so when I did see his it was sad uh, anything that Monty does in a somber voice you just you're like damn dude like that would have been an awesome to have a dad like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm just kidding. Seriously. But I, uh, yeah. And then like him having to imagining that that was tough. That's where it started, right? Where you just mm-hmm. like, hard to watch, right? Well, it's interesting you bring that up
0: because for those of you who remember, I spent a lot of last season traveling. I was every week I was in a new city for my work, helping out and assisting. And I told you, and I and I said it probably plenty of times on the podcast, it was tough. Traveling as an occupation is tough. Take into account that the way that the NBA lifestyle is, that you don't start playing a game in a city until 7 o'clock their time, and you have to mentally and physically be ready for that moment. And then after you're done playing for two and a half hours, you're still on that adrenaline high that you get from playing in front of 12,000 people. And your schedule is very, very taxing on you mentally. Now take into account you're going through this with your brothers, with people who you love and care about because they have that shared experience with you. And that's the human side of the excitement that we're experiencing with the Kevin Durant trade, is knowing that Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson, you know, Jay Crowder, he's been hanging out in a gym in Georgia for you know, like eight months now. But for those two guys. They're in the middle of a the season. They're fighting. They're clawing. They have this team playing well, and then as Monty Williams said, and I was I was actually going to scrape the audio, but it's really low and somber, so I'll just read what he said. He said, "I got to see them before they took off, and it was emotional. Those two are near and dear to my heart. They're literally like my family. That was hard to talk to those guys and then hug them before they got get they got going. And it's interesting because you you hear what uh, Bismack Biombo actually said about it. He said, I was just about to go to sleep. And then he saw the trade on his phone. And he said, everybody was in the hallway because they're at the hotel. It's so like, we all started talking and we keep talking. It just shows it just shows how close the guys and we are. We were out talking till 2 a.m. or something like that. 2.33 in the morning, these players were out in the hallway at a hotel talking about the transaction that just occurred that sent two of the lovable young personalities on their team to Brooklyn in an effort to bring in Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure D.A. was playing video games. They're like, why well, wasn't it D.A.? I'm just sure <laughs> That That's wasn't a thing. A myth, but honestly, these are the two guys you wanted to keep around and to know like their relationships are so strong. I don't think you hear about it this deeply, though, from any team or anything. I, maybe because we're just, of course, so close to the Suns and what they do day to day. But as I mentioned, like, how often then. do
0: you see something like this happen relative to players who are this – Ingrained in on the team and the culture. It's one thing when it's Ricky Rubio and it's and it's Kelly Oubre and Frank Kaminsky who got traded from the Hawks today. You know, I'm sure that Mm -hmm. they had a kind of a quick like, hey, man, that's the business. All right. Have.
1: But this is different.
0: These are these are the little brothers of Devin Booker and Chris Paul and and DeAndre Ayton's peers. Uh, even though he probably was in his vi- in his room playing video games and didn't understand what even thing was going on, his phone his phone was on silent. But again, like so, that's the different side of this. It, it it's it happens continually in the NBA, but it, it has a it hits you a little bit different considering who these guys are. And again, Dan T in the chat says everyone needs to chill. This will all go away when KD and Book average eighty a game. And Dan T, you're one hundred percent right. But yeah. We're not there yet. This is part of the process.
1: This is different. We're talking about just the emotions. I'm missing these guys. We're not talking about the future of the Suns. Like it's all on the line. They have to win a championship, but it's not that part of it. It's just this, the emotions of these players because we were so close two years in a row with these guys. We thought two years ago, we were going to win the championship or last year we were going to win the championship with the same roster almost. So then now all of a sudden you make a big change and these, like he said, McHill, his big turnaround, Cameron Johnson coming back from injury. Um, They're two of the biggest fan favorites. When Chris Paul called Devin Booker about, hey, what should I know about these guys? Booker's like, let me tell you about Cameron Johnson and McHill Bridges. Mm-hmm. Those are the two guys he mentioned on this team. And I think that hits Booker really hard too. And if you want to think maybe Booker maybe had his input, of course he wants to play with KD, but that must be tough on him to know that those two guys are gone. Because those are the two dudes you want to play with anywhere like if you had to choose out two guys of this team besides book it'd be those two guys and it's just difficult
0: they're plug they're plug and play guys too and they're 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 great human beings as landry Shamit said we'll deeply miss what cam and mikhail bring to the table beyond just basketball they're our brothers they need to be commended for their role in seeing this thing through to this spot they were instrumental So shout out to Dwayne Rankin. He provided all of these great quotes. And it's interesting as the trade, and and of course we're going to talk about the game, but as the trade was coming to fruition, I don't know if you saw this, but John Collins was kind of the, the primary target, right? Like that was kind of the big fish that they were going for. And Matt Ishbia went to James Jones and said, no, like KD, dude, like let's do this. If we're going to do this, let's do this right. And they went for KD instead of John Collins. And that's what ultimately happened. And the report Gambo said this a little bit earlier today, where the disconnect this summer and everybody who thought Flex was full of shit can just go eat a sandwich in a corner somewhere. uh, And I hope that it has no bread. It's just you chewing on a piece of meat in a dark room because (laughs) these are things that Flex was literally saying all summer. And because it didn't come to fruition, they thought that Flex was full of shit and and Gambo fortify this. What, the the Brooklyn Nets wanted from the Phoenix Suns this past summer was either Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges uh, and Picks. That's what they wanted. And the, and the Suns offered either Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges or Picks. They didn't want to give them both. Ultimately, Brooklyn got everything.
1: That, that's tough because, you know, John Collins, it would have been DA, right, for John Collins? Like, basically, that's what we would have Prob- had to do. Probably, yeah. yeah.
0: And then, yeah. of course, you run into the whole DA could have vetoed the trade and everything mm-hmm. relative to that.
1: Yeah, and I'm all for it. You got to go all in on KD still. So, just a weird night.
0: Just a – yeah, I agree. Just a weird Halloween. night. And, and again, we're going to continue to move past this. But tonight, because, it's, because we watched the game – uh, did you did you see the interview that Mikael Bridges had at the Brooklyn? Game?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was weird. It was weird. It's it's a definitely just a very off day, uh, very strange. People are in different places. You're not used to seeing them. Um, and interviews, that shouldn't have been going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just yeah. never imagined it. Um, so him being a net, just even talking to Sean Marks in that interview, talking about just his reaction, that must be tough to talk about, especially for him because you know he's an emotional guy, right? I mean, uh-huh. when he was traded, um, on the night he was drafted, he got he was pissed, and yes. I'm sure last night he was upset. And to actually talk about it again within 24 hours and not cry on the mic or something like that's good for him. His voice cracked looked, a little bit. He looked, like <laughs> but he he looked wanted upset. To cry. He did. He did definitely.
0: And you know, again, I just think that in the long run, we know what we know. This is the right answer. We had our Megapod today, and thank you to. Dave yeah. King and and Gavin from the Aussie Suns fan podcast, and So says Jay from the Fanny of the Flames podcast, and Jake Fallen Founder from No Suns podcast, which should literally be the name of like his podcast he creates on his own, it's like the No Suns <laughs> podcast uh, for joining us. And not one of us was against the trade. Not one of us. I've seen very few people against the trade. The only people who I've noticed who are against the trade are my casual friends who will text me and say, well, we just mortgaged the whole future. It's like, dude, you don't understand how the mechanics of the NBA work, man. Like, giving up draft picks isn't everything in the NBA anymore. It really isn't. And giving up, if you think about it, if this was a one-for-one, if we, we take away all the draft picks, and this is a one-for-one one deal, and it's Kevin Durant from Mikael Bridges, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that's an easy that's an easy trade. And then you throw in Cam Johnson, you're like, I'd still do it. So, so why not? And Jay Crowder, yeah. somebody said to me today – Uh wow, we had to give up Jay Crowder too. I'm like, he's played zero minutes this year. And that's the other thing. It's like our death, our depth hasn't been decimated because we gave away three players, but only two of them were playing. So
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like, um, even if you listen to Bill Simmons and they talked about um, you know, did they give up too much? And yeah, they said it was a lot.
0: I'm halfway through that pot. But they They but they agree it's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they say it's a lot, but when you think about it, it's just two guys. It's really two guys on our team that played big minutes for us. Um, we're getting back Kevin Durant. And then another guy um, and TJ Warren that are going to kind of pick up those minutes. You know what I mean? Um, so TJ is going to pick up Cameron Johnson's minutes. And then Katie's just going to play 52 minutes a game. And uh, you know, we can look forward to, I, I think that when, uh, when you, when you look at the outside perspective on people that really are just like kind of just emotionally attached to these players, like my nephew, nephew Hayden texts, He's yes. like, I don't know about this. Like really the casuals that just like watch it to enjoy it. Of course they want to win, but then like, you know, I think, the ones that are in the chat, the Jamsters in the chat, Twitter, where they're just going crazy every day about the Suns win or loss. Those are the ones that understand, like, oh, we need Kevin Durant to win. Yes. Because I don't want to feel pain on Twitter or pain on the San- Suns Jam session podcast. Like, these other people can just go home and they actually have a life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Must be so nice. Must yeah. be so nice. And,
1: and, and again, to your
0: point, like, the casual fan is like, I like Mikael Bridges. I like Cameron Johnson. Whereas, to your point, she us hurts. crazies, us fanatics, we're like, I don't like the way it feels at the end of every season fucking losing. And I might love Mikhail Bridges and I might love Cameron Johnson, but the last two seasons have ended in heartbreak. So, if this is what it takes to end the season hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy, I'm 100% for it. And this isn't yeah. a Suns trading for John Collins move that moves the needle a little bit. No, this is a all time trade an all-time NBA trade as Bill Simmons was saying on his podcast with Ryan Rossillo, the last time that anything like this happened was 2004 when Shaq was traded from the Lakers to the Heat you don't get top 15 players of all time traded he said it's happened I think four times that top 15 players of all time in Bill Simmons pantheon which is a very good pantheon and very justifiable. I really like the work he does consistently. He's always changed his pantheon of players and the tiers and things of that nature. But he said, Wilt Chamberlain was traded. Oscar Robinson was traded. Shaquille O'Neal was traded. And there was one more, but it just, it doesn't happen. The, those are the untouchable guys. Those are the guys who have everybody moved around them. Not El cream of Jabbar. He was yeah. the other one. Yeah. In mm-hmm. 1975. So it just doesn't happen. So, the fact that it happened, the fact that it, the sons were involved, and this, the fact that the sons of the team that benefited from this, it's unbelievably historic. I was walking around work today with the, a shit eating grin all day. <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck? Why are you so happy? I'm like, dude, we got Kevin Durant like half <laughs> three quarters yeah. of the people like who's that and i'm like again we're the crazies man we're the crazy yeah i
1: know it doesn't matter until about maybe 90 percent of the people that you meet <laughs> it does it,
0: it really doesn't and even when the playoffs come around you know even my wife is like well if 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 kevin durant's so good then why'd the nets trade him i'm like okay so the mechanics of the trade were you know it's like it, i can't even start to go down the rabbit hole of thinking but again all of that happens, and then the Phoenix Suns have to play a game tonight. All of that happens. Yeah, we re- we record a pod last night at, at 11 p.m. We record a trade deadline one, and here we are on a post game podcast. And the Phoenix Suns lose, and I'm not. I don't think there's anybody in the entire fan base. Well, I, I stand corrected. The fan base is crazy. So there's probably somebody out there who's like this is bullshit. Like I'm going to read DeAndre Ayton's stat line, and everyone's going to lose their mind. But on. Un- We we talk about the emotional connection that this team had with those players and what this team emotionally has to deal with from eleven oh five our time. They're in the ATL, so that's one oh five in the morning their time until tip-off tonight. And then they have to go play a game and try to have that competitive edge. And it just didn't work out tonight. 116 to 107. The the Hawks end up winning. And you you take a look at the injury report if you're on ESPN the injury report Devin Booker out Cameron Payne out Landry Shamet out and then you see Matthew TJ Warren out Kevin Durant out and you're like oh shit i'm 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 hurt a little bit but i'm still i'm still like hey
1: <laughs> yeah. this
0: is Kevin Durant under the Phoenix Suns and for those of you who weren't there for our Megapod this afternoon. Yes, we already have a Kevin Durant drop. Your
1: Kevin, you're our man. Yes, yeah, so there is a copyright issue with that one. <laughs> is <laughs> there sure. really? Yeah, yeah. It's Did it already it, happened on the tube? It, uh-huh. It's um it's always like six seconds. You can only do like six seconds of something. So I think there's like nine or something. Oh, it's, it's very like, very it's fragile. Like, it's, it's like it's like. But anyways, 15. I'm pumped up though. Now, now I feel great. I'm just Im- imagining him arrive in Phoenix now, getting off the plane. The first and the person on the side just like recording him walking down the stairs and stuff. And then Booker's down there with Kendall Kardashian, whatever. It's gonna be free. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be freaking yeah. great.
0: That does make us ineligible. I will change that pod. I will change that drop to something <laughs> a little bit. It won't be as long. It'll just be like, don't fear the Reaper or whatever. I just need to get some game footage of Kevin Durant more than just... Uh, yeah, I know.
1: That's the tough part, right? So, yeah.
0: but, that, but that being said, here's your starting lineup today, Jamsters. Chris Paul at point. Damian Lee running the shooting guard. Because Devin Booker was out, and they announced that yesterday. Before all the hoopla and kerfuffle, Devin Booker was listed as out. Tori Craig at the three Jock Landell at the four and DeAndre Ayton at the five when you saw that starting lineup what went through your mind Tall, um,
1: yeah to remain on Twitter and look up um close-up pictures of Mikael bridges and uh Cameron Johnson and just watch videos of them all day in <laughs> Brooklyn <laughs> or all night you know I was I was kind of back and forth um I was watching the game I was but you can just tell you know um the hustle's not really there from a lot of these guys da but i i, I realized like this squad's actually pretty nice man you have a kogi and uh sabin lee that look good uh even damian lee looked pretty decent like our bench is nice everyone keeps talking about we don't have the depth really we do i i like these guys a ton i mean we have a great record right now sitting at fifth in the in the west whatever changes like every second yeah wherever we're at um we're sitting there because of these guys. These guys are currently, they, at,
0: currently in sixth.
1: six. Yeah. But we're sitting there because of them. We could have been out yes. 10th or 11th. Right. So I'm not worried yes. about that. I think they played really hard tonight. There's some good energy there. I think there's a lot of emotions for sure. Um, Even like Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you can just see like they kind of were just sitting there on the bench. They're far apart. Usually Chris Paul and Devin Booker sit right next to each other. They're just kind of mm-hmm. like, this is weird, but everyone seemed kind of pumped up when they were playing in between the lines. It looked pretty good few people, not really. Yeah, this is an opportunistic game,
0: right? You look at a scheduled loss. When you give up two of your primary players, you already knew that you are arresting your superstar. This is one of those games where you're like, you know what, if the Suns just compete a little bit, I'll be happy. And they did compete. They had a rough first quarter, as I mentioned. They were outscored by the Atlanta Hawks by 14 points in that first quarter. But they outscored them in the second. And then they outscored us in the third. We outscored them in the fourth, so we were continually fighting back, and we and there were some really good performances, but there was also some opportunity, if you will. One guy who I was just really interested to see to play tonight was Damian Lee. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damian. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Damian Lee in this game, again, getting the start at the shooting guard position. Ends with 10 points on four of 14 shooting. He was one of nine from beyond the arc, Matthew. He had four rebounds, a couple assists, a steal, a block. Eddie had mentioned it kind of early on in the game that this is a good opportunity for Damian Lee because he's being asked to just score. Just score, dude. That's what we need you to do tonight. We don't need you to do anything too crazy. Just put the ball in the basket. You are a scorer. You should use this as an opportunity to do as such. And uh, he
1: failed. <laughs> he did, but I feel like he kind of looked good still. I thought that his hustle was really good. And you just, I kind of think about the future of having him in there with TJ Warren and off the off the bench. The the scoring is going to be between those two mostly. Yes. Um. But I'm really excited for him in the future. I really am. I know he was four fourteen tonight, but. I'm just I'm excited with the names we still have. I really am. and I think that, of course, we're gonna get the buyout and we'll probably talk about those later if you want oh, yeah. to, but oh, we will. but I just there's nothing bad about this team, man. like we we have the depth. We have these guys out there that're gonna play fucking hard still. Yeah, today was really weird. but the way that lead's gonna play in the playoffs it's, he's gonna be that guy like one game at least out of the playoffs. He's not gonna win it for us, but maybe, but he'll come off the bench. He'll extend that lead. Mm-hmm. He'll get our energy back or something. so, that's why I'm excited about this bench, and I just can't wait for the playoffs. Like, I just want I want a few games to warm up and then get right in there against these other teams I, in the can, West. I
0: completely agree. I like our depth. I really do. Damian Lee, as a starter, didn't get it done tonight, and that's okay. To your point, he is an offensive spark plug. He is somebody who will come in in a playoff game and hit three threes, bam, 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 timeout by the opposition. Holy shit, the Suns were up six when Devin Booker went to the bench, and now they're up 15. And I mean, that's what his role is going to be. Again, this is the time of year, my friends. We've hit the trade deadline, right? There's certain mile markers throughout the year that you look at as a fan and go, who are we and what are we at this time frame? The beginning of the season, it's just, hey, I want to know how this roster and these rotations are going to be utilized. And that's what we are very analytical of during the first about eh, 15 games. How is Monty Williams substituting these players. What are substitution patterns? Then injuries occur, and then you kind of see what how Monty Williams navigates that, and see how certain players play when they have that opportunity. Christmas is the uh, the next mile marker. That's the big day, right? That's the celebratory day for the NBA. It's an opportunity to showcase who and what you are to the majority of the casual fans who haven't seen you since the playoffs the previous season. The trade deadline obviously is the big shuffling up of a lot of teams saying, hey, we've recognized what our strengths are, we've recognized what our weaknesses are, and we're going to try to make acquisitions that assist that. And now what's going to happen, we have the buyout market on March 1st, and what's going to happen is between March 1st and mid-April is literally just fine-tuning for the playoffs. We're at that point where we have a good understanding of who does what well on this team. And we need to start looking at it, not necessarily in the... Night to night production, but be cognizant that these are repetitions for them to fine tune what their role will be in the playoffs, and that's what Damian Lee's role is going to be, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think so. And he's a championship he's a he's a championship winner. He's mm-hmm. he's done it all really in the NBA already, and um, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But this team's been so out of sync lately. Um, you know, you really had the spurts with with uh, Mikkel Bridges. Who started to lead this team, but then the bench is—it's had a hard time. They've—they've they've had a hard time just kind of gelling a lot. So when you get KD in here and you get TJ Warren on the bench, and I—I I believe he'll start Craig. I know Craig's been playing bad. We already seen comments in there oh, about yeah. his his play, but it's all gonna work out, man. He's gonna be playing just that hustle role, and then he—if he comes off the bench, it'd be okay. But I just would rather have TJ Warren do it just because we need the scoring, and I think Lee needs help in that in that way, and he just needs to shoot the three. He's still doing those runners and shit, man. And I yeah. swear, dude, someone needs to just slap him in the head, back of the head, every time he does that. Just <laughs> stand up by the three and get going. Because once you knock down a couple, man, you know you can get us back into a game like this.
0: Well, and also when he's in his normal role, he's going against second team defenders. The opposition is not going to be ready necessarily for him to be as open as he will be, and that's the only expectation that he will have. T.J. Warren, yeah. Cameron Payne, when he's healthy, Cameron Payne attacks a defense. Defenders collapse. He dishes out one pass right to D. Lee or two passes, and he's hitting wide open threes, and that's all we're asking of him. We're not asking of him to go out there and shoot 14 times like he did tonight. Tonight was just a good opportunity to see if he could work on a few things in his bag and make him be successful. They weren't necessarily successful. I do want to talk about Josh Kogi, but we do have to talk about DraftKings real quick. NBA fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parley every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parley on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back. Hey, go and take the Suns to win the NBA championship and win the Western Conference Finals. Got to get good odds on on that. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm saying... Parley in there, not parlay. Oh, no, is it's that gonna cost money too? I'm just joking, God, just
1: you know what? Up. Um, great job on that, seriously. I mean, you even have the same clothes on and stuff, so you must have done it right before. I but did it right before, you, four, you freaked me out, man. I game. thought we were actually live when you were doing that. I'm like, wait, should I drink my water right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk,
0: Josh. And Kogi. Josh? Oh. Oh. Josh Okoge looked really good tonight on both oh, ends yeah. of the floor. His off, or his defense led to his offense. He actually led all scores for the Phoenix Suns with 25 points. He was 9 of 17 from the field. That's correct. 9 of 17. He had the most shot attempts for the Phoenix Suns tonight. 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. 3 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, 4 rebounds. When you look at Josh Akogi, and again, looking at this through the lens of Who is he going to be for the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs? He's played himself into a playoff rotation, correct?
1: Yeah. I love this guy. I I love love him. this guy. Yeah, uh, you're right. And to expand on it a little bit more, I just, I think him, um, Craig, and Lee are like the three guys I'm really looking forward to in the playoffs. I know they've had some tough times, especially Kogi's kind of disappeared. But man, when we have a down game like tonight, and he has the energy. Like, when we went through that losing streak, he was, like, the one guy that always stood out every night, hustling, trying to keep us in the game. It's the games where, like, we're kind of blown out and stuff where he's just kind of – he's okay. Yeah. And he, like, thrives in these games. He and does. I love that, man. Like, he's always on the ball. It's like, as soon as he's in and um, you need some boards, you need a steal, you need anything to get back into the game, he's there. So that's awesome to have. And if he takes a back seat when we actually had the lead – He does okay defensively, that's all right. It's these kind of games where they're kind of out of control. You need guys like this, and he's he's proven himself over and over, over and over again this year for sure. And it's just, I can't wait for the playoffs for him. And we're gonna have some off nights for sure. But you guys have to realize, Jamster's in the chat, where it's like, Cookie sucks, you know, Craig sucks. It's like (laughs) these guys are not gonna be those all stars that are gonna be on this team soon, you know what I mean? Like when Booker comes back fully and when kevin durant's here these other guys are just going to plug and play every other night and just do their job and this is this is one of those guys
0: we've said it before you need a fuck shit up guy yep josh akogi's a fuck shit up guy on both ends of the floor now granted he doesn't have a stellar offensive efficiency he has a hard time shooting the three ball but he attacks the rim he creates pressure on both ends of the court. And that's unbelievably valuable, especially, 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 especially in the playoffs. <laughs> Think back to last year's playoffs. Remember
1: Jose Alvarado?
0: How, you ever seen the movie Rudy?
1: Yeah, I've seen that a couple times. Do you
0: remember, do you remember like the, the groundskeeper he's talking to? him. He's like, you're five foot, nothing, a hundred and nothing. And you ain't got a lick of athletic ability. And you just hung with the the Notre Dame fighting Irish, you know, or whatever. That's like Jose Alvarado. Like he's five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. Doesn't have a lick of athletic ability, but he's got heart. And he plays with that pressure. And Josh Okoge actually has physical talents. And that's what's going to be very beneficial for this team when Monty Williams utilizes him in the playoffs because he will utilize him. Now, Josh Okoge is going to be one of those players. I'm telling you right now, when you look at our rotations going into the postseason, he's a fringe rotation player. Monty Williams isn't going to use him every night. He's not the first guy off the bench. He's not sitting there and and it's the six minute mark in the first quarter. And Monty Williams is like, all right, first team, need you sit down. Second team go in. And Josh Kogi's pulling off you know, his his pants. No, he's a guy who will be deployed in unique situations, and it'll be frustrating. There'll be, there'll be moments where the opposition's second team will expand a lead on us in game two against the whoever. And we'll be like, fuck, where's the Kogi out there? But that's the value that he brings to this, this team and to this roster.
1: He fits right in, man. This whole team is just kind of one kind of dude. They all are the same kind of guy. you know. The only ones that kind of stand out, maybe that are a little different, maybe DA a little bit. But most of these guys, like, okay, it feels like I'm taking a lot of knocks. at D. I'm not. He just does stand out a little differently. But all these guys are hustle guys. All these guys play, and a lot of them can be like, fuck shit up guys. Yes. Maybe Landry Shamit's not either, Um, but he can be, if he fucking believed in himself, he could it's be. on that attitude, man. Yeah, attitude but Kogi's amazing.
0: Attitude and effort. Well, let's talk about DeAndre Ayton, the only star left who's actually playing tonight. Oh, I guess CP3 was too. He
1: was playing.
0: DeAndre Ayton this evening, 23 total points, 10 of 15 from the field. Efficient once again. Two assists, one steal, two blocks. When I talk about two assists and I talk about two blocks, that's also how many rebounds he had. Two, Matthew, and yeah, that's where everyone's he, losing their yeah. mind tonight, right? Like losing their mind. I, I'll say this: I'll, I'll I'll bat lead off on Da. You know, he, he lost a couple of teammates that he probably really cares about today too. Clint Capella is a handful. Clint Capella is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. Clint Capella owned his ass tonight. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But as a team, as a team, this they were out rebounded 59 to 35. You can't put that all on DA. What that is, is the the Atlanta Hawks focusing on boxing him out and other players not doing their jobs. Fuck, Saban Lee let that Jackson kid or Johnson kid, what's his name? Uh Johnson. uh, Johnson, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson. He let yeah. him through for two, just put back dunks on consecutive possessions. You can't fault DA on that. I watched DA's effort tonight. I wasn't frustrated in any way, shape or form. Fuck. He carried us through much of that, that first half. Offensively, He carried us because no one can make a bucket. D Lee's chucking threes. Jock Landell's wide open. They're like, shoot. He's like, all right, mate. And then he just fucking bricked the shit out of it. It was DA who carried us. So I'm not going to get all my, <laughs> my, my panties up in a bunch with only two rebounds, which is funny because yeah. when he had like 20 rebounds, I ripped him
1: it was funny whenever da was out though this team would actually make those runs and then you would have a jock in positions like just to make an easy little hook shot and it was very difficult for him so the monte to go back to da it's like okay well if da's in that situation maybe we get those two points and we can actually cut it to nine points but yeah. it never worked out that way um da yeah great field goal position tonight uh field goal percentage tonight not position yes. and uh you know it's the rebounds, he's a little hurt in the heart, you know. That takes some heart to get those rebounds. It's true, good point. You know, when I think about DA, maybe he's um, he could be like your little brother, you have to drop off at the insane asylum, and he just doesn't know what's going on, like you know what I mean. So, he might not really know that Mikhail and them are, are actually missing and like they're not going to come back because he kind of looks like he might think that way. I don't, he might just be like, eh. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm still DA. I have the multiple personalities and shit, but you know deep down, like he is hurting. Those are his guys. He wanted to be part of the twins. He wanted to be a triplet. Yeah, he wanted to be a triplet. And this was his season to do it. And now they're gone. So, uh, ultimate pass for him tonight. Two games back to back before that were phenomenal. Uh, Tonight, not so good, but it's going to be interesting because we did talk about the pod earlier. I'm not, did we have like five different pods today? One of them we talked about where Kevin Durant is a good rebounder. Aiden and Durant closing games. I talked about how, oh yeah, with the Nets, KD would end the game at the center position. Yes, crunch time, so he can play big. He plays good defense. That's going to be defense. interesting. That's like the one thing I am really interested. I know Da. Everyone's saying like, oh, Da is going to be left alone offensively. He's going to f- have a field day. We've said that always, right? So it's up to Da to do that part. I'm interesting to, I'm interested to see how it works out underneath the rim, getting the rebounds. You know, playing some defense underneath there between him and KD.
0: Well, that's the difference. Like, if KD was there tonight, and the Atlanta Hawks are focused, and they were, they were focused on boxing out Da. He was not going to get to the boards. You see it every time a shot went up, one defender, and it wasn't always Clint Capella, but one defender would look where Da was and just just run at him and try to box him out. When yeah. uh, when the opposition tries to do that, and Kevin Durant's right there to grab those rebounds. It's just a completely different ball game. And then you bring in a Tory Craig who can be vicious as well. And Tory Craig really wasn't vicious tonight. You know, I, I'll say that. Like, I'm more disappointed with Tory Craig than I than I am D. A. Because Tory Craig <laughs> yeah. is the one who should be benefiting from all of these wide open rebounds because of the, uh, the the boxing out that's occurred. And he ended with five rebounds. He had two points. He was 0 of three from beyond the arc. One of six. He doesn't get a drop tonight. You know, that's how <laughs> that's how that's how frustrating he played. But it, <laughs> again, it will be very interesting to see Tory Craig deandre and how they will benefit craig. from the defensive <laughs> what are you laughing at
1: just the way we we are with these players it's just it's funny you know so it's just part of being a you fan. didn't even
0: you didn't get a drop tonight you son of a bitch yeah
1: but like he's just been so good this year but then he's only had like three bad games this year it's crazy Torrey i feel craig, like
0: tory craig's actually you know it's interesting tory craig hasn't had a great season he's had he's had great he's had great moments uh and really? he's his best abilities has been his availability I think in he's all been honesty. awesome. I think he's, been I remember he was like my average. favorite
1: player out of everybody, like 20 or 30 games into the season. I was like, this is my favorite player. So.
0: There you go. You <laughs> have.
1: Yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> OK, uh, let's do a little subreddit stakeout. I want to talk about what was going on in Atlanta. Yeah,
1: yeah. The sun's
0: jam session subreddit stakeout. So I was kicking it down there in the ATL tonight, you know, just kind of hanging out. I still wear my Valley gear, but like, as you can see, or yeah, you, as you can hear, I had sunglasses on, so they had no idea who I was. Uh, even if I didn't have sunglasses on, they'd have no idea who I was. <laughs> now, you know, what you have to understand about this is this is a team that was also active during the trade deadline tonight today. They, Sadiq Bay is headed their way. Sadiq Bay was part of that three-team trade from the Golden State Warriors and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks received Sadiq Bay. The Golden State Warriors received five second-round picks from from the Atlanta Hawks. And Detroit ended up with James Wiseman. And I think one other player, I think, was in there. Uh, so that's a lot of things that, the you know, they were talking about their trade deadline. and You know, uh, not focusing on this game, one person said. I'm watching Sadiq Bay highlights. Uh, another person said, "Man, I was really frustrated this morning when we woke up. When I woke up, we had 14 second round draft picks. Now we only have seven. This is this is awesome, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know, being facetious. Uh, then talking about some of the, the the game, Jack Landale starting. Let's see what he could have been with us. Laughing because he was a, a target of theirs last off season. How lucky we don't have to deal with KD and Booker until next season. Laugh my ass off. And then somebody said, oh, we'll see them in the finals. Uh, I hope so. And a lot of John Collins talk. So John Collins in this game, his final stat line, 16 points, two rebounds, one steal. Six of 12 from the from the field goal percentage line thingy. But his 16 points were violent, right? They were loud points. He was dunking. He was winding up and just throwing it down. And it was an interesting observation. And remember, this is everyone who the Suns wanted and who who James Jones was going to make a run at until Matt Ishbia said, hey, man, Kevin Durant. But somebody said this, and I think this is a great observation on John Collins. The cycle is literally insane. John Collins plays mediocre and triggers the trade rumors. And then after the trade rumors, he plays well. People call to not trade him. Season ends, cycle
1: repeats. That must be frustrating as hell. It's gotta the be. Yeah. Can you imagine that? It's like he sucks, They're like, all right, trade him. And he's
0: like, Okay, I'm gonna be traded. I'm playing awesome. And then he doesn't get traded, and then the season ends and cycle repeats. I thought it was really
1: <laughs> God, insanity, man
0: uh, Aiden is going to be the next John Collins or miles Turner as a big, always on the trade block. Always still. He is right now. You know, he's always on the trade block. And then somebody said, Aiden is better than both those cats. Uh, and then somebody said, Aiden got is. a higher voice than Trey. I'm weak. Aiden has zero rebounds. Aiden getting abused. So those observations there. Higher voice. And then, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he does. Hmm. Trey voice looks like he's got a very high voice. Um, Damien Lee talking shit and he's one of seven from three. Laugh my ass off.
1: Because he's getting (laughs) KD. Yeah.
0: Damien Lee, your mom's a hoe. Damien Lee, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. (laughs) I thought that was the quote of the night. Everyone (laughs) always says It's just funny. (laughs) Uh, And that was the subreddit stakeout tonight.
1: The Sun's Jam Session,
0: subreddit stakeout. All right, let's go ahead and hand out some Jamstars. Jam
1: Star of the Game.
0: All right, Jamsters, thank you for joining us. A reminder go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, give us a thumbs up. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. It's been a while since we had one of those, and it's nice to read those, and it's nice to read those on the air in front of you. Please let us know in the chat if you're watching along live who your Jam Star of the Game is. Matthew. It's got to be a kogi, right?
1: I'm going to give it to a kogi.
0: Oh, kogi, yogi, yep, yeah, everybody is agreeing in the chat. I agree with you as well. Just a solid game in a in a, on kind of a shit night and it reminded you that, you know what? Some people and again, I don't understand the people who are like, "Oh, your depth is gutted." And we talked about that earlier, but I just don't necessarily see that. So, no, same team. Same team. Let's go. Go team. Uh, so You know, one thing we got about eh, fourteen minutes left. Yeah, we might do a Jamsters React segment. So think of your questions, Jamsters, if you want to ask us anything relative to basketball or just life. No more Kevin Durant. No more Kevin Durant. Uh, I've talked about it for, (laughs) talked about it. I wrote about it. Uh, But we'll 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 play that in a little. We'll we'll play that segment a little bit. We'll round off the podcast with that. Uh, I did want to talk about some of the. Bay, buyout guys obviously the buyout market is right around the, the corner that is going to be the topic of conversation through the all-star break into March 1st we saw some names of players that are going to become available Matthew who is at the top of your buyout market list
1: uh, for me i mean it's nothing too crazy um i was Thinking Westbrook because I just thought the Suns would get him. You know, I didn't wouldn't mind him, but Reggie Jackson now is a name that I think the Suns are going to get. Chris Haynes is say once he's available, the Suns will be talking with him. Mm-hmm. That is a that's a guy you can just come in and play back a point guard right away for this team. Yep. Can run an offense, perfect, perfect pickup. The ultimate guy. Um, we have bigs. Um, you say you want wings. You know, I'm a drums guy. Um, I or what are they called? <laughs> yeah, yeah I like drums. Drums or <laughs> yeah. flats. Flats. Drums are flats. Um, I I would go with him. I'm interested to see what you say, what you think, because I know there's interest at wings, but I just don't know what wings. like. What, what, what we're gonna well, get. I've got a
0: wing for you. I've got you. a wing for you. I know who it is. But I will say, well, I'll have you guess momentarily, but I no, will say I this. <laughs> the question is Cameron Payne. Yeah. Cameron Payne is a, a huge X factor in this a huge X factor. He hasn't been healthy. He was having a great season prior to getting injured. And have we completely and utterly just written off Cameron Payne because we're hearing John wall. We're hearing Russell Westbrook. We're hearing Reggie Jackson. We're hearing Terrence Ross. We're hearing all of these guards that are going to potentially be available on the, the buyout market. Now, that being said, It doesn't hurt you to bring any one of those guys in because the Suns have a roster spot. We have the mid-level exception, and because we didn't use it last offseason, we can offer more than the majority of teams can to any incoming player. That's a huge advantage that the Phoenix Suns have. Those are one of those little things that why people sit there and they pick apart James Jones and how he's navigated this team and this roster. One thing he's always done up until this point Is provided roster flexibility moving forward. He doesn't tie him down for himself down for a long time. Now that being said, obviously they gave up a ton of draft picks and that flexibility that he's used to having, he's going to have to learn how to be a new GM because he's not going to have that. And that's because Matt Ishbia said, "Fucking do it, dude. Like let's pull the trigger on this, right?" Yeah. yeah, Yep. Go ahead. So so no. But that being said, have we lost all faith in Cameron Payne, Matthew?
1: No, no. I think people forget, just like when Booker was hurt, everyone's like, what's with the Suns team? Their window's closed. That was the question, man. Is this window closed? To Mikael Bridges after winning one game after they lost eight in a row. You know what? Booker was hurt. Cameron (laughs) Payne was hurt. Cameron Payne's fine, but it'd be nice to have another backup. I like Saban Lee. I do, but you need a guy like Reggie Jackson for sure. Um, But We,
0: We love Saban Lee because we've watched him, but when you're watching a game tonight and Saban Lee's the guy out there, you're like, dude,
1: <laughs> not size wise, but he is—he plays small, like smaller compared to what you could have in like a Reggie Jackson. I'm not saying he's just a small guy. I'm just saying like it's just—it's not enough. All right, it's not enough oomph you need from that no, backup it's point not, guard position. Not, not oomph
0: in, in size or experience. The reason there's a reason why this guy's on a two-way. I don't want to have to sit there and rely on a two-way contract guy in the postseason.
1: No, it's not going to happen.
0: So that being said, I'm with you. I really like Reggie Jackson. Okay. Uh, John Wall, I do like John Wall. The challenge I have with him is the same thing that apparently everybody does. Remember, it's a guy who was injured for years in Washington, gets traded to the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets essentially say, hey, stay home. We're just going to focus on developing our guys because he's not productive enough. They take him, he goes out to the Clippers. Uh, he's played in what I think 36 games this season. I think he started one of them. And nothing stellar. I think he's 30% from beyond the arc. So you're not going to get any three-point shooting from him. And he's just not John Wall. He's not that sexy name that came out of Kentucky years and years and years ago. Right? So I just don't know what you get. I don't know if it's a, hey, we're, yeah. If, 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 again, if Cameron Payne is decent, he becomes the backup to the backup. He's the guy who, hey, listen, we're going to shave more minutes off of Chris Paul, not only during the regular season, but in the playoffs. Because of Kevin Durant, because of Devin Booker, because of DeAndre Ayton, because of their scoring prowess, you can sit there and say, hey, CP3, we're going to play you 28 minutes to a championship because John Wall can come in and give you 10 to 15 minutes a game and they're productive minutes. If that's the case, then I I fully get behind that. But it comes down to the question on what do we think Cameron Payne can truly offer? If we think Cameron Payne is kind of cooked, if we think Cameron Payne has reached the apex of his ability – Reggie Jackson's a good pickup.
1: Yeah, it's just just in case, just in yes. case guy. Um, I agree with everything you said about Wall. Um, can I guess your guy?
0: So my wing guy. Hmm. Yes,
1: Terrence Ross. No. Will Barton. Yes. There it is.
0: I do like Will Barton. Now there are rumors that Will Barton, who is with the Washington Wizards, will be bought out. Will hit the market. I'm a fan of Will Barton. I just think that he's a a good, solid wing guy, especially coming off the bench. Now, that being said, I I said something on Twitter relative to that today. And Denver fans, somebody sent this beautiful picture of exactly uh, what he he is. And God, I, I should have saved it so I could bring it up. But it's literally, it says, the Will Barton life cycle plays good, gets hurt, comes back and sucks calls himself out or gets called out, plays good, gets hurt. And it's like, that's the life cycle of Will Barton. And again, that's coming from the fans who've experienced what it's like to have him on on their team. But Barton is one of those players who in the past has been a productive member of a playoff team that went to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. In 2020, he was averaging 15.1 points per game. Now, he was a starter back then. You got to understand for... About four or five seasons, he was starting for the Denver Nuggets. He goes to Washington. He's averaging 7.7 points in 19.6 minutes, and every game is coming off the bench. So he's not necessarily... That's the challenge with Barton. He's a productive starter that doesn't get you to a chip, hasn't won a chip yet. And when he went to Washington coming in as a bench guy, he just hasn't fulfilled that role. Another game I really... Another name I really like is somebody who... The Hawks shipped to Houston today, and that's Justin Holiday. If Justin Holiday becomes available in the buyout market, he is a longer version of his little brother. You know, Aaron. I don't know if you guys remember Aaron Holiday, but Justin Holiday is a six foot six shooting guard slash small forward. He's one of those defensive Holiday kids, and I think that again, if you're looking to fortify your bench with some defense, and you want to go, hey, a Kogi and Holiday kind of out there at the same time. And run some defensive sets, I think that he's somebody who could be highly beneficial to this team.
1: Yeah, I think if, if it's it becomes any, available, if, if it's any point guard that can just, you know, be decent, that's all we really need. Um, I know we're talking about minutes from Chris Paul, but I'm just telling you right now, when you have Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker out there handling the ball, Chris Paul will be doing a lot of standing around. He can still facilitate,
0: mm-hmm. he
1: can still shoot, he uh can do what he's doing, but knowing that those two guys can bring the ball up. That'll save a lot of energy for Chris Paul. When it goes yes. into the playoffs, he's gonna be playing more minutes, but they won't be just you know crazy minutes where it's just his, his legs will be tired where by the fourth quarter he can't get a jump shot off. That's not the way it's gonna work. I just I don't care who it is. I just think we need a point guard. We need another guard.
0: And again, Justin Holiday wouldn't be that he would be a wing. Will Barton would be a wing, but Reggie Jackson, John Wall, potentially Russell Westbrook, these are the names that we're gonna hear. And again, jamsters. The beauty of all of this is James Jones has positioned us to be not only a destination and buyers on the market, but we have something that the majority of other teams don't have is we have that mid-level exception, which Dave King was talking about today is about $5 million, which is more than the veteran minimums that some of these guys will be offered. So it's like, not only can you come to Phoenix, play with Chris Paul, play with Kevin Durant, play with Devin Booker, play with DA, but we'll also pay you more to do so. Things are going to are, are going be very interesting. Now, granted, it's the 9th of February right now, Matthew. We still have the all-star break ahead of us. We still have to get to the other side of hard and, and the other side of waiting for Kevin Durant to, to arrive and actually be a productive player. So any game we can go out there and win is going to be vital to us in the standings. We're half game out of the fourth slash fifth spot right now. We're in sixth place. We're eight and a half games out of first. So we got to get to march 1st but this is the fun thing right this is the fun time where we start to attach our names to these certain buyout guys right and those are the three i'm going to attach my name to i want reggie jackson i want will barton and or i want justin holiday
1: i like it i'll go reggie jackson i'll go Russell westbrook
0: all right fair enough fair enough let's do a little jamsters react if you're watching along live Go ahead in the chat, ask any question you want of me and Matthew, basketball related or not, we'll answer them. Just because we're at the back end of the show. It's been three long shows of podcasting in one day. It'd be fun just to answer some fun questions.
1: Jamsters react.
0: Listen, Coach Evan B. He says, Why wasn't KD and ATL tonight? No KD questions. We're tired of talking about KD. <laughs> I think he asked I,
1: that before.
0: But oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, we love you, Coach Evan B. The He's On Fire podcast, hanging out. Uh, one guy who hasn't been on any of the pods with us today. Hurt, feeling's a little bit hurt there, Coach. Wish you could have hung out with us for one of these. But my assumption is KD wasn't in ATL. The transaction went live at one o'clock Eastern time. They probably didn't fly him right down. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt if we see KD in Indiana tomorrow, Matthew.
1: No, he'll be there, and I think um, what is that um, is it Friday, Saturday, tomorrow. Saturday at the game? Tom- tomorrow. is it tomorrow? we should know have fucking tomorrow? game
0: tomorrow. Yeah, we play uh, back in Indiana tomorrow. No, he.
1: I think he it's has an early has to game be. too. I think tomorrow you'll see him actually walking around, being a son. You know, he'll actually be visible, and then you'll see Jay Crowder being visible, and he'll just be walking around talking. He probably won't talk shit yet, but he's ready. He's back t- really quick. Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. no one's asking questions. But I don't think. Jay Crowder, now that he's gone, his nickname, Boss Man, what is it? Where is that from? That you just
0: don't know. So, that? Self proclaimed. Self proclaimed my assumption.
1: That's kind of dumb. Call yourself boss man. That's just weird. And <laughs> I just think that's weird, right? Unless it means something i Matthew's I'm sorry. been
0: waiting to say this for like I always have I always three years it was now.
1: Easy. I always thought it was gross and weird. I don't know. I'm sorry, man.
0: It's let's just see. weird what, to
1: have a nickname like that.
0: It You. is. You're, you're, I'm the boss, man. I don't know.
1: The, the respect that these guys want in their life. It's like fucking just well, let, don't let, love let, your let's family. See. That's all you need to do.
0: Let, let, let's see. Amen. Let's see what kind of crazy questions our Jamsters are coming from or coming up with in the chat. Sure. Bees, what were you guys doing when KD to Phoenix was announced? I was like
1: this. On my bed.
0: I was like, like this that. on my bed. And I literally, you know, I, I have the Woj Bombs. Set up on my phone, shams, bombs. I got those notifications. And literally, I'm on my phone. I see the little drop-down come because I have an iPhone. And it says, Phoenix Suns. And I click on it. and it says, Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. And before I even read any more words, I'm Matthew Lissy is calling me. And he goes, we going live. And we both. I'm just like, yes.
1: Because it's I'm, the same I'm, thing I did. Yeah. So yeah. It was just, uh, it's a feeling I never really had in my life. Maybe a newborn kid who knows Um, having your own kid is that exciting, but just that feeling, the rush you get, man. Like I'm telling you what, dude, I think I burnt like maybe 2000 calories last night, man. I'm tired today
0: too. I'm tired today. Like I'm going to bed early. Uh, let's see. Kota kid, an elite jamster. Thanks for asking this one in the chat (laughs) question. Who's more bangable (laughs) Katie Hobbs or Carrie Lake.
1: Hold on. What does Katie Hobbs look like? Hold on. (laughs) Oh, that one. (laughs) <laughs> nah, I one? um i don't know do we have to answer um, i'll
0: let you answer that one i'm gonna i'm gonna let that one slide out d- d- <laughs> define uh, carrie bangable
1: <laughs> carrie's the only thing with carrie lake is she kind of looks like a little boy so it's kind of weird now so i don't think she <laughs> god <laughs> sorry dude oh
0: my god no no other no
1: other no other
0: good no questions. other questions we've had some good You guys think about us,
1: throughout the day, you guys must think about Matthew Lissy, or John Voida once in a while and just have a question you guys want to ask.
0: Here we go. Tad Russell. First year, you became a Suns fan. He became a Suns fan in 1992. Matthew, yourself?
1: Um, I think it was Barkley's last year. So what was that, 96, 97?
0: Yeah, 95 slash 6, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine was 1988. 1988. Elmer W. Cagape, what are your thoughts on Darius Baisley?
1: So at first, anytime we get a name here, we get excited. But the thing is with him, you can be excited about him because he's young. Um, Mm -hmm. He's he's very influential, but he needs somebody really just kind of, you know, overlooking he's a leader. Um, I think he has a lot of talent, and I think there's something there. But I just don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes but he might go. surprise you some nights if he can just play within the offense. I think he, he might be pretty exciting.
0: Darius Baisley was a really solid pickup for the Phoenix Suns because it allowed them to free up some cap space by getting rid of the Dario SARS contract. So yeah, I don't ex- have a lot of expectations for him. I know that one of your good buddies and I forget his name and I, and I apologize for that, but is a huge OKC fan and kind of oh, likes yeah, him, yeah. you know, a couple years ago, he played 55 games. He averaged 13.7 points. Didn't shoot very well from the field. He's, yeah, But he's shooting 40%. He can block. From, from three point. He can block. He, he can very play defense. Long. He's got a seven. Yeah. Hand. So he'll look like kind of kill like, out
1: there a little, little bit, but he's not. Yeah. Exactly. But he's, <laughs> but he's not.
0: Um, but no, I completely agree. So it's it, he's a young guy who just adds some size and defensive. Uh, Prowess on the interior, let's just say that. Yeah, let's see here. All right, now they're starting to to, to stream in Alberto sauce favorite beer. Um, mine's Laguanitas IPA, that's right. Um, god, mine changes all the time. I love like Kilt Lifter, I love Four Peaks Kilt Lifter, it's like six percent ABV, is, so you yeah, drink them, get oh, god, you up god, faster. Right <laughs> uh, I'd like a good IPA, it depends on the season. I really like wheat beers. I like uh, all kinds, you know, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity alcoholic. Gabo has got a good question. How is Matthew part of the Cowboys cult? Are you from Dallas?
1: No, I'm not from Dallas. But when I grew up, when I was a little kid, I had a dad. My dad was a Cowboys fan. I sat there and used to watch Cowboys games with him. And I became a Cowboys fan. And he was a Cowboys fan because he grew up a Cowboys fan. And he's not from Dallas. He's from Jersey. But my mom's family's from Texas. And some of them are Cowboys fans. But that's not the reason I'm a Cowboys fan
0: there you go i always say this whoever you're rooting for when you're about six years old is kind of your team for life and yeah it's
1: ingrained right
0: yeah and if your dad was a cowboys fan and at six years old they were winning because when you were six they were winning you're a cowboys fan for life so i think that's kind of the way it goes but good question there everyone always kind of wonders that uh let's see Well, we'll do a couple more before we get out of here uh matthew you click a couple i'm tired of clicking things all right,
1: let's see. Bees, do you guys think KD can help DA develop a dribble package? <laughs> you know, no. tonight, no, but KD did have that little jab step. He's a jab stepper to nowhere. He, he doesn't do any, and he faked out, what was his name?
0: DA, you mean?
1: Yeah, but who did you said he fake out? Oh, he I'm faked sorry. out
0: Clint Capella. Clint That's Capella was like confusing. on ice skates.
1: Yeah, and Here's then, what I was he thinking doesn't today. go anywhere.
0: I was thinking about this today. If you look at our starting five, let's say TJ Warren's in the starting five. Only Devin Booker isn't initials. It's CP3, TJ, KD, DA, and Book.
1: Yeah, or DB. Big BDB. No one calls
0: him DB. We like call no him BDB. Because
1: he doesn't like Devin.
0: Yeah. Devin but, uh, and Kevin.
1: All right, here's another basketball question. Um,
0: rather... Have...
1: Oh, sorry, I was reading another one. <laughs> Tad Russell... You say rather have Will Barton or Terrence Ross? Um, I say Terrence Ross. I like Terrence Ross a lot. Will Barton, I'm just not too familiar with.
0: I like Will Barton because I've seen more Will Barton, I think. You know, you look at Terrence Ross, he played in the Eastern Conference his entire career. He's been with Orlando, God, for I think he's on his eighth season with them. So I don't know enough about Terrence Ross. I feel like when we play him, he plays well. Uh, I'll lean towards Barton simply because I've seen him play and I saw him as a member of that Denver Nuggets run in the postseason a couple years one resulting in a western conference finals appearance so i probably value him more than i should but yeah i think that's a right, fire up one more question we'll, we'll get Just at one here.
1: more ryan are we getting pat beverly from the market? you're right that guy better dude. start
0: to learn chinese am i right
1: no he's on antidepressants like the rest of them from lebron <laughs> yeah. i swear dude <laughs> no one can stay on that team with lebron dude. longer than a year unless you're Dude, Pat AD. Bev, if they bring Pat
0: Bev onto this team, it's literally so they can, like, when he when he gets off the bus, like, the entire team just, like, beats the shit out of him, whatever city they're in, and just, like, leaves him. Like, got him. Ah, ha, ha, I wouldn't ah, be surprised, ah, though. I mean, he
1: would be a good fit here. He would. Uh, I know him and Chris Paul hate each other. But exactly. For different reasons that we don't know of. So, Chris Paul can be the bad guy in a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll all die. We'll all look back down on Earth, and we'll see what actually happened on the highlights between <laughs> – and I'm sure it involves Kim Kardashian or something. So I'm sure it does. It always does. It always ends up yeah. with goddamn Kardashian. So <laughs> on that
0: note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap this up. Again, Ooh. Mikhail, you're my thoughts and prayers, buddy. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you were here with us live last night or listened to the podcast this morning relative to the KD trade, if you were watching along live or listened to the podcast during the trade deadline, if you're doing so now, we truly appreciate it. We really do. It's so much fun to have moments like these, these little weird things that, again, I'm walking around work with a shitty grin and no <laughs> one understands why. And it, it all makes sense because I get to hang out with you, Matthew. I get to hang out with the Jamsters and the people who support this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. You are our people. That's what makes this fun. So we appreciate it. We'll be coming to you live again tomorrow night after the Suns play the Indiana Pacers, and then they don't play again, and I believe until Valentine's Day, and I actually have to cover that game. So, Matthew, you want to cover a game on Valentine's Day for me? That'd be huge.
1: Oh, I got plans, dude. I got a date. It's actually my a, first my first date. I'm a, waiting till the fourteenth to be like, you "Hey, a, you want to meet? What are you? You want to meet up? You're like, what's
0: his face on the office? He's like, I asked her out on the the day before Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> oh yeah, do you, really you have a date on Valentine's day,
1: day? No, I don't. But I do this weekend. I just It'd be oh, funny okay. if it was the fourteenth, but that's actually it's a Tuesday. So, I didn't even know. so if you want to cover the game on on the fourteenth, I can't even huge. log in, dude. If I give me a hundred bucks, I'll do it. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the post game pot or for Brightside?
0: Brightside.
1: Oh, for some I reason, so. I signed
0: up for the fucking Kings game. No, Anyways, just, Dave hopefully, Dave. Right. He- hopefully, Dave hears this. I'm, I might text Dave see if he's at the game or not. Uh, but we'll. But we have a long break after that. That's what I'm saying. The Suns okay. play tomorrow on Friday. Then we have the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl, and then the Suns play. So we'll be coming to you live tomorrow. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. Read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Matthew, tell them where they can find you and all that stuff.
1: You can find me at KD Tray 5 um, And just uh, hang out once in a while wherever you're at. So go home and love your uh, titty-shaking family. <laughs> Woo!